This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet Essentials, one device included. It's Film Study once again. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Dolphins game, the the Dolphins preseason game, preseason game number four. But this is the one that we get to talk about the offense, and everyone wants to talk about the fact that Lamar Jackson actually looked okay. So, Ken McCusick, how are you doing? Life's good, Josh. How about you? I'm doing all right. I just uh, finished moments ago a new episode of Section 336, so I've been on the microphone already for – couple hours tonight so i'm excited to now talk ravens we didn't get to that we just had to talk orioles and that's you, not very fun you look very hepped up though like uh like some chemical was involved oh, or it, maybe you just enjoyed good, the uh the discussion really we didn't do section 336 last week because i was sick so there was a lot of uh built up stuff that we all had ready to share and we had just a really great episode of section 336 with some orioles talk Okay, they're all excited about the three-game lead on selecting Bobby Witt in next year's oh, yeah. draft, we're, right? We're all excited that the Orioles won one more game in August than the Ravens. <laughs> That's terrible. So It was really bad. So let's talk about this game with the Dolphins because there's nothing we love more than talking about preseason football games. And the offense looked good and a, a good second half as well. So um, where do we get started? This game... 
to talk about backup quarterbacks, that's all who played this game. Uh, that's right. So I guess we'll, let's start with the fact that the starters did not play. So a whole bunch of guys uh, sat out, and uh, I'll give you the list here entirely here. But uh, Joe Flacco, Marshall Yanda, Ronnie Stanley, James Hurst, Michael Crabtree, John Brown, Willie Sneed, and Nick Boyle from the offense. That's eight guys uh, did not play, and all very significant players right. that they were obviously trying to protect on a wet field in Miami. Uh, they went with the backup QBs, which is a good thing with those linemen that they went with the backup QBs who have some mobility. And uh, they looked actually pretty darn good, uh, given how poor the offensive line was. Yeah, and um, and we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, RG3 and Jackson. I have a whole lot of trouble calling him Robert Griffin. He will always be RG3 uh, or Robert. Uh, but uh, let's first let's talk about the offensive line because there were some changes there. Yes. So, you know, playing without three starters, Stanley, Hurst and Yonda. Stanley was injured, but the good news is Stanley returned to practice today. And so did James Hurst. They both been missed the last week of practice and they're both back now. So I, I, I believe everyone is back and practicing now. I do not yet know if all three of them are in 11 on 11 drills, which is really when you're right. fully back. Okay. So anyway, that's uh, it's it's good news, at least to start. The bad news is. But Gregory Sanat, the sixth-round pick who was, who was scheduled to get an extended trial at left tackle, uh, was hurt early in this game. He also didn't play all that great before he left. He gave up a quarterback hit. But uh, he left early, and that really messed things up along the lines for the Ravens. What is the uh, So what is the status now of Sanat? Oh, an injury? Is he an IR candidate, or is he a guy that just we didn't get to see? Yeah, definitely an IR candidate, and, and I, don't, I have not heard – what the issue is yet, but it's a foot, and they they want to do more designation, more do more diagnosis, and I think it's the kind of thing they probably already know by now what the issue is, whether it's Liz Frank or some kind of uh, turf toe or whatever it might be, but they don't want to say until after Ozzy's had a chance to work the phones and try and pick up a tackle with some of this surplus defensive tackle, uh, defensive talent that is on the roster currently. So I think we're going to be without uh, Gregory Sinat for a while. Hopefully Stanley can make it through unscathed this season because he's absolutely the biggest loss the Ravens can have, probably bigger than Flacco at this point. Right, right. Um, we did get to see Alex Lewis, and I know you want to get to him a little later, so let's just skip over him real quick, and let's get to Max, Max Skura, who we got to see him at center. Sure, right. so Max Skura is still at center, and he uh, also played 16 plays, one entire drive, was a long one at right guard. So let's talk about it because it's almost like two different stories here. At center, he didn't play terribly, but the first three run blocks, he had something bad happen. He, he got backed up on a, on a run play that caused a, uh, a penetration for loss, and then he had two other blocks he just whiffed on. Well, one he got whiffed and one he got, got moved on that, that uh, were also bad blocks on that first series. After that, he started to recover and was playing better. Then they moved him to right guard. He was still doing okay midway through that series. And then he gave up a pair of events where there was pressure in the backfield on RG3. And uh, on the first one, uh, he just allowed a straight pressure. RG3 ran out of it. So instead of it end up being a sack or even a pressure, RG3 ran out of it for a one-yard gain. He didn't lose points on that, but I did note it, so I didn't end up giving him adjustment in, in the score I gave him, which we'll get to in a second. Then a few plays later, he gave up what would have been a sack or what should have been a sack, I'll, I'll, I'll say. Uh, his, his defender actually wrapped up on Griffin, and in a Houdini-like manner, Griffin escaped him and again ran for a one-yard gain. So even though that wasn't what the Ravens needed on third and goal was Griffin to get a yard, they uh, uh, were 
you know, it got it got Skura out of the uh, of the sack. Brown also had given up a pressure on the play. But anyway, point of this is Skura ended up with a D before adjustment. I couldn't give him any positive adjustment. I probably, if I was being you know completely square about it, I would give him a negative adjustment, which I've never done before. Right. Uh, for the for the additional factor, and he would have gotten an F for the game. But anyway, tough game for Matt Skura, and it's not coming at a good time when that center position is very much up for grabs. Right, and with that up for grabs, what are our options there for if it's not Skura, who who else could it be? Okay, so there there are really three other guys. We've got Alex Lewis, who we'll talk about in a moment. Bradley Bozeman uh, is one of the other potential centers, and he honestly had also a pretty poor game. He was playing some guard, some center. And he took a step a step back with some with some poor run blocking in particular, and for the first time he had a little bit of poor pass blocking, which with a pressure and a half as I scored it. So uh, a little bit of bad bad news. Now Bozeman is a fairly large center who anchors decently and can move to level two to make a fairly close block, but. He's not a particularly mobile guy. So is the main value he'd give you is the ability to still run your power run game from left to right or right to left across center, uh, or at least you hope he would give you that. Uh, you hope he would give you that. Um, in any case, uh, he had troubles in this game. He had trouble against the run, uh, both in zone blocking. So that's when he's blocking to the left or to the right. And he had people cross his face. And, you know, if you if you're, I always say if you're a quarter step too slow for zone blocking, then you're much too slow for zone blocking because you you just have too much trouble cutting somebody off at the pass effectively uh, as they try and run through your gap and cross your face. So Bozeman's had some trouble with that. He got backed up on a couple of plays, both of which ended up in a loss and uh, a tough game for him. And he'd been playing very well up to this point. So I would have said if he'd have played it at the level he had been, I think he'd be we'd be talking about him as the starting center going forward against Buffalo. Okay. Other option, though, you mentioned is is Nico Siragusa. He played 28 snaps in the second half. I thought he made some really key run blocks. In fact, I had him for four highlights in the game, and his four highlight blocks were run gains of 65, 19, 19, and three. All right. So he had I, these... <laughs> I like that you brought him up because I was gonna. I had him in my notes too to bring up because PFF gave him a bad grade, and I wanted you to explain to me what they saw that I, as an average fan, didn't see. Okay, I'm having a lot of trouble. I would have a lot of trouble understanding what that might be. So I'm not going to try and handicap what Sir, what what they're seeing in Sergio as a run blocker, other than to maybe say he is not the most elegant player on the field, no matter what. He's a results player. So I, I would think that the guys, the scouts who look at him, I think would have a lot of trouble with his kind of barrel chestedness, and he, he seems to have kind of short arms, but but he plays at a good low pad level. And he, he walks around kind of kind of in a uh, uh, kind of a slow. How would I describe it? Even so uh, bow-legged manner, I'd even say. All right, so yeah, he's, he's, he's different. He's different he's, than than how they're coached up to play. Yeah, yeah, different from prototypical. The pad level is good, and the performance is good. The problem is he just doesn't look like a guard in terms of, gotcha. of you know how how he moves around necessarily. So anyway, I, I I liked him. I thought he played very well in the game and those key run blocks. We're all high leverage run blocks, which led to big plays. So, uh, you know, I got no issue with the results. And I think, you know, he, he could certainly step in at guard and he, and he might be a guy the Ravens will try at center if they continue to have problems, you know, along the line. Uh, he's he's taken snaps at center this year. At the beginning of camp, the thought was he wasn't really healthy enough to play. But now it appears he's he's plenty healthy and he graded out pretty well in this game. A B plus uh, B plus grade as I got it. Gotcha. OK. All right, so it's going to come down to one of those 
uh, four guys. One of those four, and the fourth we're about to talk about. All right. Oh yeah, we'll get we'll get to Alex Lewis. I know he had a great game. We'll get them in a moment. Last guy to ask you about is the guy who everyone in Baltimore loves him. I don't know if we if we'd be talking about him as much as if he was on another team. But it's Orlando Brown <laughs> Jr. and it's kind of like Cal Ripken Jr. As big as a star as he was, immediately when he came into the Orioles, people loved him because they loved his dad. We've got a similar situation where we all love Zeus. So to see his, his son come in and play, we want this guy to succeed. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's a very easy player to like in terms of what he's done since he got to the Ravens. First of all, he's very intelligent. If you listen to him at the podium, he's extremely good about explaining things. He clearly has a, a reverence for football history. You don't often see in athletes that they, they often, no, I don't, what are you talking about? A guy who played 20 years ago, I have no idea who that is. And Dan Deardorff, was he a quarterback or was he a you know, right. linebacker? You know, they have no idea. But, but this, you know, Orlando Brown came in and he's, he's familiar with tackles who've played the position over the history of football. And he can tell you back tackles in the 70s like Dan Deardorff. Well, that's, that's thanks to his dad. It's got to be. Yes. Yes, I, I agree. You know, his dad probably grew up watching Dan Deardorff at least at the very beginning of of when he was watching football. And yes, you're you're probably right. It's still it's impressive that he has maintained a lot of this and is really trying to look at at tackles of the past to try and model his game. What he's done in terms of of conditioning, I don't totally believe the claims that are being made, but I, I still do believe he's working very hard towards. He got towards some of that deer antler state. spray. Yes. Well, whatever. I mean, I, you know, 19% body fat would be extremely impressive at, with his kind of frame, if yes. true. And just given the love handles he still seems to have, I'm, I'm really kind of doubting. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, in this game, he had really his first kind of tough game as a pass blocker. The, the first time he had uh, uh, three pressure events, as I noted it. Uh, he had it, it's really tough level of competition with Cameron Wake. Uh, you know, for the first time, but he wasn't the only guy who gave up pressure events too. So uh, he, he had some trouble getting getting pushed back into the quarterback on, in, on this one. Uh, one Twitter person uh, uh, said that he thought he looks like he's holding on every single play, which at his height may be a problem for him. Is that he's six eight, and he's a lot of the six foot pass rushers who are the smaller outside linebacker types. Who you know, James Harrison would have been one. Uh, you know, they, they're going to give him trouble with holding, I'm afraid. So, uh, you know, Cameron Awake was, you know, certainly making it look like he was getting held. Unfortunately, uh, Brown didn't get flagged in the game. But in any case, he is what he is. I think he's going to be fine as a rookie. I think he's going to be even better after that. And he may even end up as a left tackle on opening day if Stanley can't go. Okay. I think they should come up with some way to tape your hands if you're a lineman so that you just can't hold on to things. So, <laughs> so you can block, but you can't grab. Well, you're you're allowed to actually grab the jersey if it's inside the frame now. So okay. you're, it's certain weird things you're allowed to do there that they won't flag anyway. All right, all right, I got it. All right, here's your chance. Let tell me about how great of a game Alex Lewis had. Uh, I just outstanding game, and I've been I've been waiting to talk about this. And I said, okay, no, I got to calm down, got to got to wait, and we'll talk about this later. But Alex Lewis had the kind of breakout game which makes you really have a lot of hope for the upcoming season. So he only played 37 snaps in this game. So just in, in that short period of time, he had four highlights. I'm sorry, three highlight blocks. He pulled six times. He connected on five. He had six blocks in level two. He had two pancakes. And he just had play after play that were really impressive, including 
a block I think he's going to want to show to his grandkids. In fact, Alex Lewis, if you're out there listening, make sure you get this on videotape or in some way recorded to some medium that you can show this to your grandkids someday because if you play 10 years in this league, you will never you won't have 15 blocks as good as this. But what happened was is Alex, we, don't don't do that. Your grandchildren <laughs> will just say, but it's practice. You're playing against third and fourth string guys. And, and, and he was playing against the starting Dolphins. That's the other good they thing. Didn't, so, they didn't game plan for you. They were just there. <laughs> don't don't uh, <laughs> the wait, wait, wait for a game that counts. <laughs> anyway, uh, a screen pass left to Dixon. It went, ended up going for a 16-yard gain. And Dixon broke three tackles on that play, which, by the way, I think has helped him seal up a roster spot. But – Lost in that play was the great play of Lewis. Lewis pulled out in front of the play. I can't tell you how unoften that has happened recently, that a, that a guard for the Ravens has gotten out in front of a screen pass, but he did. He hit Alonzo, who was a you know, well-known inside linebacker. He hit him low and flipped him. So it was a pancake block on that play. Then he got up, and as Dixon was, was breaking tackles down the left sideline, he went up and he black, blocked the... Uh, defensive tackle Vince uh, Taylor uh, off of a uh, tackle of Dixon. So he blocked him about five yards further down the field. Just an absolutely impressive effort on that play, and and it's definitely something you want to you want to save in your archive of video from your career. Uh, even if it's practice against a team not prepared to oh, play against. Please. All right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, 30, 35 out of 37 points, .95 unadjusted. It would be an A without adjustment. I'd be tempted to make it an A-plus based on on all of the highlight blocks he had and, and the high level of competition he's playing at against with the uh, with the Dolphin regulars in there for his basically entire stint. So uh, real good game for Lewis. And now the question comes up as to where do they play him? Do they play him at left guard or do they play him at center now given the, uh, the, the troubles there? All right. So where do you see the starting five right now? So this is a very difficult one to, to handicap, and, and the linchpin is really Lewis as to where you where you want to put him because he'll have the most value at left guard, but he probably could fill a bigger hole at center if he played there. So it's going to be a hard decision for the for the Ravens to make. They haven't had him play a single snap in the preseason so far at center, and if he's going to play center, I think he has to see time there on Thursday. If they'd rather... And they think they might rather. They'll rest all the regulars, basically. They'll rest all the starters. He won't play, obviously. And then he'll start at left guard in the opener. And probably for the first game, they'll go with Skura at center and see if they can if they can make it through. It's a, uh, Buffalo in the past has had some very significant, significantly sized bodies on their interior defensive line. And I'd be kind of concerned about Skura's anchor for a game like that, but we'll see how it shakes out. Maybe they can borrow some of the Baltimore brigade to play this fifth game for them. <laughs> Do they even have offensive linemen in that league? I have no clue. I've never, I've yes. never seen a game. I'm sorry. I, I, I think they have like a three man offensive line or it might be two in a tight end or something. It's very, it, it's quite limited in terms of what right. the arena league uh, right. has. So anyway, to, to, to continue on um, uh, you, across the line. So Stanley, all, all things right health-wise, will be at left tackle. I, I would guess that Lewis will probably be at left guard. Uh, Skura at center, I, again, I'm guessing. And I, an alternative would be Hurst at left guard and, and uh, Lewis at center. And then Yonda at right guard, assuming he's ready to go, and Brown at right tackle, which I'd be pretty sure he's not going to lose his spot, uh, even if that means Hurst is on the bench. One thing we will see since Brown and Stanley each 
based on injury on the left side, based on inexperience on the right side, may need help. We may see some six-man line from the Ravens, and Hurst or Lewis, either one, would be good at being the outside guy on that. They both have some experience at tackle, and I think they'd, they'd each be good playing as the sixth lineman. So, uh, you know, the Ravens have some ways that they'll get both players into the game. Good, good. That'll be fun. Uh, fun to see a, a productive line, hopefully, this year. Yeah. Um, let's get to some other guys, and uh, uh, let's start with the British guy, Jermaine uh, Luminor. J- Jermaine Luminor. So they, they plugged him in at left tackle, and there's two things about this. First of all, he had, he had a poor performance, uh, a holding penalty, uh, a sack. Uh, things did not go well for him, but what I, what I will say is I saw him towards the end of the game on the sideline. He was standing right next to Harbaugh and apparently was having a good moment with him. And I think what Harbaugh was basically telling him is, you know, thanks for filling in an emergency tonight. We didn't really have anybody else kind of thing. Well, that kind of points out a couple of problems. First of all, I'm not sure if Illuminor is going to make the team, but he lost an opportunity to play on the interior towards a goal like that. And now I think it's probably more likely he'll end up being cut. I think he has a good chance to go through to the practice squad and then be available for the Ravens, but he won't last forever. He's the kind of guy that as the season wears on and offensive line depth on the interior – uh, breaks down across the league, he will be taken off the Ravens practice squad. So if they, I think there's about a 40% chance still that he'll make the team, but about a 60% chance he ends up on the practice squad. And if, if that happens, the Ravens will eventually lose him from there. The other guy who is related to that decision at left tackle is Andrew Denal. Now, Andrew Denal's in his fourth year and came over, came over from the Giants. And he had, I believe, played some left tackle before. He certainly played right tackle before and and did so in this game for the Ravens. But my first, my first, you know, question is why the hell isn't he playing left tackle as soon as Sinat's hurt? Because we, we don't, we don't have another reasonable alternative for an emergency. Right. Denal's at least a tackle, and and uh, he is a swing man. But you know, I I would think he would be the choice. And they did, they chose not to use him. So they obviously don't feel like like he's the option there. Anyway, uh, I have a good movie reference to tell, but I think the story is going to lose something in translation. So I'll leave it for the printed version of this. And uh, and just say that it, it, unfortunately, Denal's not the answer at left tackle. Uh, you, are you going to bring up some like movie from the fifties and sixties, and I'm going to have no well, clue what you're talking about? It's it's from the eighties, and you probably have have known it from when you were a very small child. It's called The Sure Thing. Did you ever see that? It's a giant piece. No, you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell from the look on your face you have seen yep, it. No, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, he does. Okay. All right, go ahead. All right. Uh, you mentioned Kenneth Dixon, you, that you that he yeah. is probably going to make a roster spot because of how he played in week preseason four. Yeah, I mean, he, he broke some tackles here. He, he had a good game for hitting the holes in the previous week. So I thought he was he was pretty well in line to do it. But with all the good play at the with the backup running backs and and uh, you know Delance Turner had a 65 yard run and Thompson did some good running in this game and the workhorse all all uh, preseason has been Gus Edwards, uh, you know Dixon needed to do something to seal up his roster spot still and he did with some very tough running on the edges and on the inside and the uh, the 16 yard screen pass left where he broke three tackles. Uh, was very impressive, and he had help, but still very impressive to break three tackles ever on a play. And uh, I think that that gets him the spot. I think that keeps him around. Uh, you know, we, I I hope he could be the player he was as a rookie, and uh, you know, obviously not the guy who missed all of last season. Right, but, right. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, you know, a player who can help this team. And the Ravens need their three running backs to stay healthy. They don't have a uh, a lot of depth there. All right. Um... 
kick return, punt return job. We've talked about this a few times with Grant versus White. Neither have looked great. Where do we stand? So Grant continues to get most of the opportunities on punt returns. He returned five punts and White only one in this last game. But Grant is not dominating. He, he had four returns, one fair catch, and the four returns went for 36 yards. So nine yards per punt, which is, a, which is solid but not spectacular as a punt returner. He had three for 66 as a kick returner, so that's nothing special either. Um, what I will say is White had the big day as a receiver. So White caught a 33-yard pass that was 19 after the catch, and he also caught another 30-yard pass right down the seam from Woodrum, uh, another impressive play. So, uh, and, and there he had to hold on through contact. So I, I, was, I was impressed with what he did. Uh, you know, Some people will make something out of the fact that he did not lay out for a ball deep down the right sideline. Uh, earlier in the game, which was, you know, it would have really sealed his role if he'd have made that catch. But uh, I thought White has done enough to at least pull even in this competition. We had talked before that there might have been some doghouse effect to yes. what, uh, from the previous game. Uh, I think hopefully, you know, if I had to say one job that's still up in the air, other than maybe who plays center for the Ravens in, in week one, it would be this wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner role. And I still think there's only room for one of these two guys on the roster. All right. Um, speaking of wide receivers, we got Jaleel Scott, who is now going to go to the IR. What does that do for the other wide receivers? Who's that open up a hole for? Yeah, well, Jordan Leslie's the obvious one, I guess. You know, the top four set, including the big three free agents, which we seem to have every year, the big three free agents, and then Clarence Moore. And then, you know, one of the spots is going to go to the wide receiver, kick returner guy. Right, right. White, White. And and then the the last spot, it looks like now, will be Jordan Leslie. Uh, Now, the Ravens do have a few other things they could do with that. They could decide Darren Waller or Vince Maley, who can help them on special teams, might be a guy that they could use instead uh, as a returner. So that's a possibility. But other than that, I think Lasley's pretty well sealed up the job. And you know, when you look at it, Lasley needs to be part of the youth spearhead at the position. The Ravens need to develop some young receiver so they can get off this damn wide receiver treadmill. I was so worried you were going to say Perriman. I'm glad that name did not come up. No, it's, it's still a 20% chance, Josh. I, it's not zero. Oh, uh, and it's, it's it's higher than it was last week. So, you know, sorry about that. No, I get it. Oriole fans always wondered how a guy like Ryan Flaherty stuck around and why Buck always went with Ryan Flaherty, a guy who never did anything. And I feel like that's Perriman, that he's got some pictures of Harbaugh somewhere and somehow he's <laughs> sticking around. So, um, uh, the other Hurst is the other guy who's injured, going to miss some games. Does that give a guy like Mark Andrews a chance at tight end? Well, it should. And and Mark Andrews, obviously, he's, he's a flex tight end wide receiver, which is another reason why the Ravens may only go with five wide receivers is because Andrews is more like a wide receiver. He did some good things and some bad things in this in this game. So I'm going to start with the bad news. Is that's what you usually like to do first. He did not look good as a receiver. He didn't catch any of his three targets. The first one was just a plain drop nine yards from the from the uh, line of scrimmage and uh, dropped between the uh, numbers and right hash. No excuse for that one. The other two were kind of overthrows. Uh, but part of the problem with when you have an overthrow is the quarterback is usually saying, he's not open, I need to throw that ball away over his head. So that, it's that lack of separation which contributed to the overthrow. It's not completely not on the receiver. So anyway, Andrews uh, uh, did not have a catch in this one. He did make some decent blocks down the field in the run game that I thought were good. In particular, he made a block on DeLance Turner's run. So I was happy about that. And, uh, uh, you know, 
it's not all bad, uh, and it's certainly not all good with Andrews, but they're going to have to be leaning on him more come the opener. All right. Um, no Joe Flacco this week. Uh, we saw Griffin Jackson and Josh Woodrum's a practice squad guy forever, so no need to bring him up. How are we looking with Griffin versus Jackson? Jackson's not ready to be the backup yet, is he? What do you well, think? I, you know, this game, he definitely took a big step in the right direction, and he's like a yo-yo in those terms. You know, he's just very uh, big changes in play from week to week. We don't have a lot of data points to go with with Jackson, so we get super excited when he has a great game like this, and we get all disappointed after a game like last week when he doesn't do anything right. And, you know, it's just uh, it's the nature of the beast here. But Jackson had a good game. He did a very good job, and so did Griffin, by the way, escaping compromised pockets. They had a lot of opportunities for uh, where it looked like there could be a sack, or at least there was pressure. And these guys, about four times, two each, ran out of pressure, and they and they were running for big runs. Griffin, once for one, once for 21, and another time for one. So he had three, and uh, uh, Jackson had two of them. One was for seven and one was for 13, both of them for first downs. So very impressive. And then Jackson, of course, had another what effectively is a designed run on an RPO play for that 19-yard touchdown. So there's a lot to like about Jackson's game. Um, a lot of his completions were short, but the good thing was they were accurate and they gave good yak opportunities to his receivers. So he got a really nice four plus 17 for a touchdown to De- Devere Posey. So four-yard pass, 17 of yak. And then the um, the pass to White on the crossing route was 14 plus 19. So, you know, on-target completions are good. Something we never see out of Joe Flacco is the ability to move left and then throw accurately. If Joe, Joe Flacco right. moves left, he's like Herman Munster trying to turn himself around once he gets to the left side. And by that time, somebody sacked him. So if, if uh, when he moves left, he, he's better off just throwing the ball away. When Jackson moves left, he threw an accurate pass right on the money to, uh, I think it was, I'm trying to remember if it was White or Posey or who it was, but he threw an accurate pass. I think it was White, actually. It's a 14 plus 19. Um, and, and White is not only able to catch that ball, he's able to take it for, uh, for some yak. So life is good. I, you know, this is a week where we really love what Jackson brings to a football field, and uh, Griffin as well look good. Unfortunately, Griffin's stock is down pretty much whenever Jackson's stock is up. I right. do still think there's a chance they'll keep three quarterbacks. Right, right, where you're hoping for more of the mentor with RG3 to mentor Lamar some more. Um, is it fair to, and I joked about this with the, with Alex Lewis and your praise to Alex Lewis, is it fair to judge these two quarterbacks when they're facing a team that did not game plan for them? You know, uh, I'd say sure. First of all, it's all we got. Great. Yeah, Griffin, Griffin was up against the starters for the Miami Dolphin defense. I mean, this is their game three. Game three is the game where you play all your starters. Okay. We, we, uh, you know, the Ravens impressively pulled out a win without most of their starters, uh, on offense, at least, and some on defense. Right. Uh, that, that I thought was, was a really solid win. And, and the play of Griffin and the play of Jackson, who each played against some decent, near NFL players and NFL players in Griffin's case, uh, I, I thought was, you know, admirable. Right, but we've gone up against mobile quarterbacks in the past, and we game plan differently for a mobile quarterback. And I don't think you see that. You don't game plan for a mobile quarterback in the preseason. Okay, well, let me let me ask you this, Josh. If you're a defensive coordinator and you know you're going to face some mobile quarterbacks during the preseason, wouldn't you game plan the Ravens as if you're going to play mobile quarterbacks for at least three quarters know. of that game? I guess so. I, I, yeah. I have no clue. I know. This is all we got, and it's practice, so it's sure. what we got to judge off of. It's what we got to discuss, but I'm just 
trying to ask. The, I'm asking the questions that I'm hearing other fans talk about. I mean, it's it's a valid point, and you know, we we can't draw too much out of this preseason. I saw a a tweet from uh, Jeff Zrebeck who uh, who said that he doesn't think there's more than five spots that are open still going into this fourth game, and we shouldn't make too much out of it. I think he's being very conservative to say five. I think it could be two spots that are on the roster, maybe maybe three. Right. That, that are that are out there it's, but it's, uh, it's the fifth game we always make decisions through four games now we have another <laughs> one they better have everything worked out yeah i i agree with that so all right um well let's get to the mailbag we got a few questions in here and the first one up uh getting your questions on twitter hashtag film study mailbag um and we can we'll read them on each episode and get them get through them first one comes up actually came from facebook it got messaged to us and it's from Johnny Haduck. And he says, um, he says, with the new special team rules in place this year, is it likely to go with a guy like Vince Mayo instead of and move on from Max Williams, who is not as athletic? Mayo would also give us another body at receiver and would help at tight end since Hurst is down for the first few weeks. I, I can see a lot of logic in that. Um, Mayo did not hurt his, did not help his cause in this last game because he dropped a touchdown pass. It was in the corner of the end zone. RG3 was moving left, and he threw the ball right on the money to Maley. It looked like it was right on the money, maybe a tiny bit behind him, but it's a catch he had to make. Instead, it popped up, could have been an interception, and then Devere Posey nearly made the catch on it. But I understand what he's saying, that that Maley is more of a combination wide receiver tight end, so he could maybe save you a roster spot in the same way that a Darren Waller could save you a roster spot and is a good special teams player as well. So you get a lot with that. Max Williams is a pure tight end who is more of a blocker and can help you along with Nick Boyle in that regard. So each of them has their own uses. Um, uh, I would tend to think that given Maley is a third-year player and Williams is a fourth-year player, you might tend to go with Maley first. Okay. Good to know. Uh, Shay Oren asks, is this preseason the worst Ravens special team performance that we've seen? I, I'm not prepared to answer that question. I'm sorry about that, Shay, but in terms of going back in, in time and really knowing it's, all it's, the missed field goals and whatnot. Right. He's got to be building on the fact that Tucker missed a few this week. Yeah. So. I, it's, if, if that's the, really the question is, is there concern for Tucker? I am a little concerned. And it's gonna it, it'll go away when Tucker makes two or three straight field goals during the regular season from 45 to 55 or more yards. But what Tucker has those, that current streak of 16 straight uh, kicks in games that count, obviously, made between 50 and 57 yards. And as of right now, I'm a little afraid that we might see Tucker 2015 against who wasn't as accurate beyond 50 yards. And, uh, you know, it's just surprising to Ravens fans that, that would occur. But did it impede his career? Is he back on track? Of course he is. He's Justin Tucker. He's the best kicker in NFL history, and and I'm not really concerned long term about about what it might mean. All right, Mr. Ed asks between Jordan Lacey and Tim White, which wide receiver uh, would be kept based on route running and separation? Well, I mean, I, right now it looks to me like um, White might have more speed of the two. Uh, Lasley has not shown great separation ability in this preseason. I mean, he did drop a pass where he was fairly wide open from Griffin for a TD last week. But uh, separation has not been his thing. And, and some of that is coming out of breaks, is how quick can you change direction as opposed to, uh, you know, what straight line speed is. I, I think I'm stealing that from, uh, uh, from a guy who's been on our show before. But, uh, but it's, a, it's, a, it's a good point that he made 
was uh, was you know it's more important to be quick stopping and starting you know have a quick accelerator and a quick decelerator than it is to having uh, you know the highest top end speed all right uh, then we got 50 shades of J who wrote in asking about Orlando Brown we I think we covered that pretty good and then Brad who gets in asking about uh, about Grant and white and that competition and and Harbaugh's doghouse and I think we covered that already well. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that if he was in the doghouse, that White is now out, and we can, you know, we can see what he's got. Because just being at camp, I can tell you this: White looks by far the best at tracking, getting under punts, and being in a position to burst out of the uh, the punt catch for a big return. He's he's better than anybody else the Ravens have. So I expect that that he, he should get more opportunities. Obviously, he fumbled. And, and Grant fumbled each. Uh, I don't think that's going to decide it uh, in of itself. All right. And let's get, close out the mailbag with Russell Parman, who asks, at inside linebacker, do you see Peanut passing Young? No. I, I think I right now I see Young as being ahead. I think we got a pretty clear view of the extra dimension he brings when, when Owasu gave up the uh, long pass down the left sideline. I'm trying to think of Kenyon Drake was the, was the running back he gave it up to on the wheel route. That's the kind of play they they may be reasonable in their expectations or they may not be that Kenny Young could actually provide coverage on that play. But that's what they drafted him for. And I think given the fact that Young is contributing in other ways with the sack this last week and and playing the run pretty well, I think he's probably the starting weak side linebacker week one. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Ken, I saw that this afternoon you were on the only radio show that I like in Baltimore, the Scott Garceau show. What else is going on with you over at Russell Street Report? Yeah, uh, those guys are great, first of all. And, and they invited me on to be on every um, day after the game this season. So we'll see how long it takes them to kick me off air on that. But uh, but anyway, at 4 p.m., I'll be on day after games for awesome. at least a little little while. So that'll be good. I'll try and get in a plug for our mailbag with it when we uh, when we send that out. Uh, but I'm on Russell Street Report. You can look for me on Film Study there. Or that's where the podcasts can be found as well. We would also love for you to subscribe to our podcast, which I want Josh to tell us about again in terms of how you do it. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Film Study Ravens. Yeah, so subscribe to the podcast in any podcast app that you have. It should show up there. Uh, Apple Podcasts is definitely the easiest way in iTunes. But I also submitted us today, thanks to a listener that wrote in, to make sure we are in the Google Play Store, which I'm not familiar a whole lot with, but I know it's Android and where your podcasts are if you're an Android so if you do a search for film study and it doesn't pop up on your Android, give it a day or two and it will. Good to hear. Good to hear. I am an Android user. I have a, a Samsung Android. Um, that must yeah. have been the reason why I wasn't downloading my own podcast. Yeah, I guess so. You were waiting for it in the <laughs> store. When it's sure. That's all fixed now or should be in a day or two. Um, check my podcast out, Section 336. You can go find it at, at uh, birdlandsports.com. And we have a brand new episode that came out this evening that's a whole lot of fun and a little bit of Oriole talk mixed in there as well. So, Ken. Twitter? Uh, Twitter is at Josh Soroka, J O S H S R O K A. But, uh, Ken, we've got one more preseason game to get through. We're going to talk about the game on Friday, but really, Friday's show is going to be about the 53 man roster. And I'm going to have the Ravens website up, and I'm going to just follow through and fill out my little guess of the 53. With oh, you as we do it. That's right, great. Right as we do the podcast, because that's really what this show is going to be about. We're going to help you guys win whatever they're giving away. 
Okay, well, that'll be a lot of fun. I will say that if, if you duplicate Josh or my picks, then there won't be an opportunity to win. But, uh, well, you'll have an opportunity to win, but but you can't win with with the same picks. So, anyway. No, I think you can win. They can choose if if all of our listeners submit the same pick. They, they, they've got to have some way around that. I don't know. Yeah, what it's the, the order is. of the selection. It's the first person to get the selection in of oh. the correct one wins. So. Oh, well, well, mine is going in as I um, – <laughs> as we do the right show before you say it but i guess i'll change one more thing since you're going to probably put yours in before we record the show <laughs> so i'll change one guy in there i'll, I'll kick Perriman off my 53 even though you'll keep him in there <laughs> it's a good contrarian pick for this kind of a pool right. anyway so all right ken well we will talk in a few days all right take it easy Josh. When your entire life is online, you need more than just speed from your internet. Xfinity gives you reliable in-home Wi-Fi coverage, plus protection from Wi-Fi network threats. Check out our amazing offers on Xfinity Internet. You'll get fast speed and Wi-Fi coverage you can count on. Plus, get advanced security free with the XFi Gateway, so you can keep the connected devices in your home protected from network threats. Just log in and activate through the Xfinity app. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.